find out if you're ready for love. Here's your marvelous host, Nikki Lee. Hello, and welcome to Ready for Love Radio. This is your host and love coach, Nikki Lee. Now, you know, there's many, many perspectives about what makes a relationship work. And we've had, in the last couple weeks, we've had a lot of different perspectives on that. And there's quite a few I didn't agree with, and there's some that I did. And I thought I'd bring a longtime friend of mine on so we could kind of have have a back and forth discussion about it. And we've, we've discussed quite a few of these things off air, so I thought we'd have kind of a discussion, maybe a debate. You, ne- you never know with us. <laughs> so, and this, this is a friend of mine who, if you listen to New Visions Radio, you've likely heard him, maybe one of his shows, and, and if you've heard any of our, our uh, promos for New Visions, you, you've heard him and a variety of different voices, most likely. So, Ray, it's great to have you with me this evening. Nikki Lee, it's been a while. I've missed you. Thank you for having me back. I'm thrilled to be back. How are you? I'm doing all right and missed you too. And you know what? We're missing the Ray Powers Hour. Just got to say that while I got you on the air with me. So. Um, I, I appreciate that. Um, you know that uh, we did that for the better part of six years, uh, globally syndicated for five plus. And, right. uh, you know, I do, I do miss it, but... It's one of those things where I'm so redirected and busy right now with so many other things that we talked off the air about them. Some I can talk about, some not yet because they're still in production, and in time we will. I'm touring more. I'm getting more dates. So, you know, that's sure. taken precedent. And, uh, but I do. I miss it. It was a big part of my life, obviously, um, and it was a lot of fun. And it was lucrative for when it was you know, on top. It was the number one rated show on New Visions Radio across a lot of demographics, and uh, I had a blast with it. And I'll bring it back at some point. I know I will, because it was uh, very successful. It was, you know, very fulfilling. And, you know, because of Michael Knight, you know, who was the original program director of New Visions Radio, the, uh, the Johnny Appleseed, I guess, he, um, <laughs> and he literally built that from the ground up. That was grassroots. You were there during the uh, ET days. So, yeah. <clears throat> and it'll be back. Um, just right now, I can't give it the time that it deserves, and I would never, you know, I'd never half-ass anything. You know that. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I understand because it, you know, I, I understand that because it's, you know, if you're going to put it out, you want it right. So I get that completely. Well, I'll tell you what. How about do some of your best of and at least let us re-listen to the older shows that we may have forgotten because it's awesome, awesome indie indie music that we we deserve to hear. How about that? Just consider that for That's me. A deal. You know what? That's a deal. And I do. I mean, that was one of my biggest thrills was getting a lot of these people that push because a lot of my hashtag fresh cuts really did you know, go on to great things. I have a couple that I know got the very first play on any radio format at all. And some of them have gone on to tour nationally. And, you know, it's a, it's a great feeling knowing that, not even the ego part of it. It's just, you know, knowing you did your part to, uh, right. you know, further someone's career along, like someone did for me once. 
Yeah, exactly. It's, well, it's it's your chance to give back. And like I said, a lot of those older shows, even even when you replayed some of those, you know, over the earlier part of this year, I, I had forgotten about some of them. And it's like, oh, yeah, I remember this interview, you know, that kind of thing. So, I forgot um, a few of them. I listened back, and it's like, oh, wow, that's, I right. that's where I was at that point. I know. <laughs> it's it's a lot of fun to go back and listen to them again and, and that kind of thing. And and so many of them have done, you know, more more songs, more, you know, albums, all that kind of thing. So it's it's nice to get to hear them again. And and in some cases, you know, hear hear how much they've grown and, and all that kind of thing. So anyway, just, just putting in a plug while I've got <clears throat> other people listening. <laughs> Well, that's very generous. Thank you. And I'm glad to be missed. I mean, that's always a good feeling. Much better than, oh, you've been gone? I didn't notice. Oh, yeah. yeah. Really? Huh. Didn't, didn't, didn't realize. <laughs> so, but, hey, you, you and me back-to-back is Thursday. It's not Thursday without both of us. But That's very true. Hey, we you know were how... a formidable duo. Well, we still are. <laughs> so. We still are. Hey, you know, you're you're my partner in crime. What can I say? That's right. You lie but tonight, right away. And there you go. Hey, but tonight, tonight we're on my turf. Ooh. So you know what that means. That means I'm in the hot seat. Yeah, that means relationship talk. Ooh. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. So now I I have this crazy notion. And you tell me what you think about it. You know me. I've got all kinds of crazy notions. I have this this um, perspective that a relationship, a, you know, a serious committed relationship should be a partnership, not a you do what I say, you do what I tell you, that kind of thing, but it should be a partnership between the people involved. What's What's your perspective on that? Um, relationship absolutely has to be a partnership. Um, if it's not a partnership, it's a dictatorship, and you have one person basically imprisoning another person, mentally for sure, hopefully not physically, emotionally. True. Now, you do know that I come from a very a conservative background, a Christian background, a very Catholic background. I do that maintain is- a man is the head of the house, he is the leader. He is, you know, the patriarch. And again, the patriarchy has been vilified in modern society. And you can see the effects that has had in our country lately. It's not been for the better. You have kids without fathers at a record pace. You have um, absentee fathers. You have people making babies and not taking responsibility. And we're seeing the effects of this in, uh, in society. Now, that doesn't mean that the dad is the overlord of the house and he pounds his fist like Khrushchev on the table and everybody has to, you know, scatter and, and cower and, and shiver. And Yes, sir. It's, you know, obviously not about that. It's the opposite of that, actually. You know, a man should be able to speak softly and his family, his lover, his partner, whomever it is, should, you know, come to him willingly and want to I, when I say be submissive, I don't mean, again, you know, kiss his boots. I'm talking about, um, <laughs> you know, just, you know, you've grown up in a time where, you know, gentlemen were gentlemen. We'd hold the door for you. We'd yeah. give you our coat if you were cold. 
Um, we'd pay for your meal, especially the first couple of days. We'd pick you up. We would take you home. We would make sure that you were safe and protected. You know, my job, anybody's job as the male part of that relationship, given it's a male-female relationship, um, again, to lead, to inspire, to protect, to cherish, right. to celebrate. Give that person room to be their own person and be there to help when needed. You know, it doesn't have to be. If you feel like you constantly have to, you know, lay down the law and, and constantly reassert yourself as the leader, well, then you're not a leader. You know, the lion is right. the king of the jungle. He doesn't roar and go, I'm the king of the jungle. The other animals know it, and they give him that yes. respect. Those other animals make him the king of the jungle. You know, I, right. these terms like alpha male and beta male, they've gotten so out of control. With, and they've been so misused. And again, if a man's pounding his chest and saying, I'm an alpha male, well, is he? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's like, <clears throat> I've, I've told people that, you know, you can, you can be, and, and I think especially some women have this, this attitude, well, I know in business especially, that in order to be a woman in charge, you have to be a bitch. And you don't. You don't have to be bitchy and this kind of thing to be a woman in charge because you can you can be in charge and you can lead and inspire and do all these things without being bitchy controlling angry all those kind of things it's totally possible you know i for God, how long have I had a business now? For like the first 20 years in business, I led businesses in this sort of thing. I don't ever remember being told that I was bitchy in the way I did it. But I also had crews that would follow me through anything and get the work done. And and even some of them are still friends of mine now. And would do all kinds of things to help me even to this day, but I earned their respect. I earned their working hard for me because they knew I would work just as hard and I would back them up, support them. And here again, it was a partnership. I took responsibility. I knew ultimately I had to be the one to take the responsibility because I had been put in charge. But... I didn't put it off. If there was a problem, I didn't blame them. I knew that ultimately I was the one to take the responsibility. I see it the same way in a relationship. Someone has to be ultimately in charge. You know, you can't right. have two people bumping heads going, no, I'm in charge, I'm in charge, I'm in charge. You, you can't do that. Somebody ultimately has to be in charge. Contrary to what my brother assumed, I don't have a problem with headship. You know, I, I don't. But I think it should be done lovingly and respectfully. You know, right. not like you're saying the, you know, beating your chest saying I'm in charge. You know, get in line, that kind of thing. That's not how it was meant to be, as far as I'm concerned. So I agree with you completely. Right. You also can't have you know people that go, well, what do you want to eat tonight? What do you want to do? Well, what do you want to do? Somebody has to make a decision. And um, yes. <laughs> you know, I've always been by the school of you know, hey, here's my suggestion, you know, what do you think? Um, and then, you know, maybe make the arrangements. And again, it, it depends on the relationship, but I think, you know, most women want to be led. 
but it's, they want to be led by a man. They want to be led by somebody who deserves that respect and who's earned that respect. And I think yes. if you do that, that's going to be inherent. Now, you talked about women being bitchy in the workplace. Do you feel that that's more often than not a defense mechanism because they feel that if they don't scream at the top of their lungs, they won't be heard? I think sometimes. I think other times they, they think they have... Well, yeah, I think, I think sometimes. And I'm I think other ones just... A woman, so. Yeah, well, true. <laughs> um, I think sometimes, and I think other ones just that's kind of the leadership style they've, they've been told to develop. Um, right. It could be. Um, I, I know some that because of well, and and see, I I was in some situations where, okay, okay, here's one. I was I was in one situation where I had taken a business that had never made money because see, for years and years and years, I was brought into businesses that were in trouble, and on a shoestring or non-existent budget, I turned them around and had them. Uh, making a profit usually within about six months and i'm I'm very good at that and i I did that time after time after time and I did that for one, and we actually turned it around and it was doing so well we bought out a couple competitors well <laughs> and and I had um one of our competitors um leased the storefront next right next door to us. And the owner of the franchise, or yes, the franchise, came over and offered me a job right in front of my boss. That was tacky, but it was still kind of funny. Um, so my boss gave me a raise that day, um, assuming that I would stay, which I did, because the other guy was a jerk. Um, but then, after we had relocated and... and uh, there were some issues. He actually, in front of me, offered somebody else um, a second store he was opening at more than I was making in front of me. And the reason was because it was a guy. He wouldn't pay me that amount of money, but he would pay that to him not knowing how he was going to perform just because he was a guy. Yeah, I, now, left I know. I don't blame you. I know there is a disparity in pay in a lot of uh, situations, and there are legitimate reasons for some of them. You know, women taking, there are. Uh, taking leave, there are. and, you know, there are some jobs that are just dangerous jobs that women are just not going to do, and I don't think women should be subjected to doing certain jobs. Can they? Sure. You know, I, do I want women mining and, you know, in coal mines and shafts? Probably not. Um, doesn't mean they can't do it. It just means traditionally these are jobs that men have done. There are some that right. require a lot of physical strength. And, and again, there are some jobs that women are much better at and men will never be, um, by and large, as good. It's just we're different. I mean, I know, again, that's become a taboo thing to say, but men and women are different. You know, women well, we are. are, yeah. Women are exemplary, well, and I think uh, again, women create life. I mean, 
yeah, I have my part, but a woman brings life into this world and, and nurtures that life and makes sure that that person, you know, gets the, uh, the care they need from right through, uh, you know, all through growing up. You know, I guess they always say, and you know, you're sick, you want your mommy. Can I add something? Can can I add something in there too? There's certain, there's certain things that like if, if you and I have a lot of similar job skills, okay? okay? And, but there, there are certain skills that as a woman, I have, and there's certain skills that you have as a man and certain things that I'm going to notice as a woman and certain things you're going to notice as a man. So if you and I went to do the same project or when the exact same situation, um, inherently as a female and you inherently as a male, we're going to have different skill sets even in the even with our backgrounds, okay, yeah. and with our our similar skills and abilities, there's certain things that I'm going to do better and that you're going to do better, just because I'm a woman and I have certain certain uh, I don't know the right word um, proclivities maybe, um, but there's just certain things I'm going to notice. And certain things you're going to notice, um, <clears throat> and it's it's nothing. It, it's not really things that even we could be trained. Um, but it's 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 fascinating to watch in certain situations. Um, like if we came up upon an accident, okay, and say say you and I were in a car and we were going somewhere and we saw an accident and we stopped to help. There's certain things that you are automatically going to notice and do to help, and there's certain things I'm going to notice and I'm going to do to help. And they're likely going to be very different, but there's, it's going to be our skill set and things that we're going to intuitively do just because you're a man and I'm a woman. You know what I'm trying to say? Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> but there's there's a lot of different things, not only emergencies, but in jobs that make my skill set slightly different from yours just because of things that are more common for a woman, more common for a man. doesn't mean I'm better for the job and you're better for the job in most in- instances. But it's, it's just, it's interesting to see those little differences between a man and a woman in the same positions. <clears throat> but those no. are why, those are some of the reasons why, you know, in a family, having the mother and the father is so beneficial for children. That's Absolutely. where I was going. We need both. <laughs> so. No, we do need both. You know, <clears throat> men traditionally are better at math, they're better with numbers. Women traditionally are better with grammar and you know, structuring of, of the language um, doesn't always pan out that way, but, you know, more so than not. And like I said, you know, when a child is sick, you want mommy. When a child is scared, yeah. they look for daddy. So everybody has yeah. their skill set and everybody has their, their functions. 
Right. That's right. But now if, if you have to, like say Emma's sick, you can fill in and you can take care of her if mommy's not right. home right. and help her out and make sure she's okay. And in the of same course. thing, if you happen to not be home, Rose can help her and take care of her and protect her and make sure she's okay. Sure. So, yeah. But that's, but, you know, you need both. Now, okay. How about, how about competition between the partners? How can partners be productive, handle things financially, lead the household, and not be competitive with one another? Because there's some couples that have real issues with that. Maybe especially if, say, the wife makes more than the husband. Now, I know some couples don't have an issue with that, but some other couples may have a real issue with that. Do you have any thoughts about that? I do, um, because I've come across it in the workplace. Um, It's affected me in the workplace in some cases over the years. Um, Traditionally, the man is supposed to earn more, and you'll always hear some women griping about, oh, the men are earning more. In some cases, that's not the case because, um, and let's face it, women have gotten a push. If there's an opportunity for, you know, corporations now, especially the, the global ones, the checking boxes, they're looking for who's the minority. You know, do we have enough women in this, in this specific area of the company? So if I mm-hmm. come with equal skills as maybe you do, they may pick you just because you're the woman and because they have to hit a certain quota or they're going to be vilified in the, uh, you know, in the commerce world or what have you. Um, same with minorities, same with people with disabilities. You know, it's having enough people there. And I'm not moaning as, you know, I've, I've had enough success. I fought for my success. But um, now the man and the woman together the household income is $250,000. Maybe the woman's pulling in one fifty, and the guy's pulling in 100 Does he feel inadequate? Well, that really depends on the couple and the circumstances. Right. Is the man an underachiever? Is he trying hard enough? Is he just coasting? Because there are some women who earn all the money, and the guy is a lazy, you know, POS. Um, right. There are some relationships where the man is the breadwinner and the woman's allowed or the woman's able to be a homemaker. Um, it comes down to ego. It comes down to um, you being secure enough where if your wife or your girlfriend is earning more than you, you know, why, what is the reason for it? Does she have right. more college? Does she have more qualifications? Are you both ambitious enough to go out and constantly try to improve your situation? Or have you become complacent? whether you're working or not. So there's a lot that goes into that. But, um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've seen it, and I've had friends who've had these issues before, and it's run the gamut. Well, I think you make a good point. Is, is the person trying, or are they just kind of sitting back and going, well, I'll just let them do it, you know, that kind of thing. And right. it, it seems, too, that during COVID, there was kind of a trend of women having an easier time finding jobs than men, which was, that was kind of shaking things up. I have my theories on how you could really truly be equal if you wanted to across the board. 
Um, I've talked about it with Lou, you know, good old Lou from our chat room. Oh, yeah, um, I know Lou. I said, why don't you just have an alphanumeric code on every resume, no photo, no name, no date of birth. That's it. There's no sexism. Yep. There's no age of them. And you just have That's it. A, you know, a QR code, and it gives you, you're blind going in, and you don't know who you're getting until right. you have to interview the person. That's there you the go. only true way to do it now. Because no matter what, if I'm a guy, maybe I want an office full of guys, you know, so I could talk sports or we could have locker room talk or whatever. Or maybe I'm the kind of guy who just hires nothing but five foot ten blonde. So, I mean, again, <laughs> if people are, you know, it's human nature. We do have that mm-hmm. tribal quality where, you know, we do tend to stick to our own. And maybe that's what, one of the reasons that they felt they had to force diversity. But I think the only <laughs> fair way is something like that where it's just completely blind and this, this is who you're yep. going to interview today. Here are the top 10 candidates. If you truly want the best candidates, I think that's the only way you could do it today. You know, you'll, you, knowing me, you'll get a kick out of this. I used to be a manager for Domino's, right? And uh, we served, I may have told you this actually, um, we were the store that served JMU campus, okay? And we right. had quite a bit of the off-campus um, uh, housing on the south end of town, and I ended up, and I didn't do this intentionally, right? But, I, you know, it was the people that applied. And I ended up with one woman on my staff, one person, one man that was in his late 40s, and every other person was a male student. And I was in my late 20s. Just kind of work that way. <laughs> it does. It just it just happens, and you know, you just uh, you know sometimes you speak to people and they say certain things. I guess what it comes down to is, I guess once you have the initial interview, you still can't pare it down. But I just think yes. initially, you know, <laughs> there are ways to make things fair in twenty twenty three. I tell you what, they they worked incredibly hard for me. They really did. We we actually within. Two or three months, we broke every record the store had ever, ever set, and I actually set a goal for us, and we almost doubled it within three months. So we had an incredible, incredible run while I was there. So uh, picked the right people, evidently. <laughs> so. Exactly. Uh. Now, in in another show I had. My guest felt that the only successful way to raise children was for the mother to stay home and raise them, okay? And I agree that once you have children, they need to come first, okay? I do agree with it. Now, um, but I also think it's important for both parents to live a life where they feel they feel fulfilled. That's not easy to say. Um, and I know for many women that includes having a job and working outside the home. Um, I'm going to ask what you think of that in a minute. Now, I also think that for children to grow up 
and have healthy outlooks on things, I think one of the things that is beneficial for them is to have multiple positive influences in their lives. And I think that comes from being around a bigger group of people, not just their mother and their father all the time when they're not at school. What what do you think of all of that? I do agree. I think uh, access to more people, um, experiencing, you know, more people. I mean, look, I do agree that in a perfect world, if we still had it where the man was the breadwinner and the woman could stay home as an option, you know, I think a lot of women can stay home. I think a lot of women would choose to, you know, be a homemaker. I think it would make things easier. In today's economy, you need both parents working. And it's not fair for the woman to come home after a nine-to-five job and make dinner and do the dishes and basically be in charge of everything where the guy gets to come home, put his feet up, and watch TV for four hours. Um, you know, you wash well, dishes, I'll dry them. Yes. Well, I, I don't think that the husband should come home and put his feet up and leave everything to the wife. But then I don't think that the wife should come home and put her feet up and leave everything to the husband either. So, No, <clears throat> no it's a, there's a balance. And again, everybody has a role. I think, you know, a woman wants a strong male. I'm going to say dominant figure. And when I say dominant figure, I think we've established what I mean by that. Um, yes. You know, somebody who can influence and lead by example, by doing the right things, by earning that respect. And, right. you know, allowing, uh, you know, both parties to, uh, to shine and, you know, be, uh, you know, to compliment each other, obviously. One person right. shouldn't feel like they're in the shadow and one person shouldn't feel like they're being dumped on as far as I have too much work, you know, I'm overwhelmed and you don't do your part. You know, you should, if you love your partner, you should always be looking to make their person, their life easier, obviously. Right. Right. Well, you know, I I was discussing this with somebody the other day and we were talking about how when, when their son was younger, he wanted to make sure that he went to a private school. Okay, and in order to, because of of his wife's work situation at that time, in order to make that happen, he took a lot of side work to to he had to do that to make the money to guarantee that his son was able to go to a private school, and if his wife had been making more money, he would have been able to just work his full-time job and could have had more time to spend with his son, you know, that kind of thing. So, of you know, there's, there's both, both ways to look at that, you know. So, you know, should, should the wife not work or not work as much so that she can be home or should she work so that the husband can have more time at home with the child, you know. So there's there's both those things to look at. Does that make no, sense? No, it's true. 
It does. Okay. And every every couple is going to be different. Every family will be different. But you know, I think you know, given uh, I do I do pine for the uh, traditional days. I, I wish that one income could you know support a household, whether that be you know, in, in most cases, I think it would be the husband. In some cases, it's the wife, and the husband's fine with that. But um, right. You know, again, with both both parties working, it's important to work together. And, uh, you know, when True. the kids see that, they'll know that, uh, you know, it's, uh, they're getting that and they're going to be influenced and they're going to do the same when they leave optimally. True. Okay. Got a question. I think this is something you and I have not talked about before. Believe it or not, I came up with something we haven't discussed before. Now, in in the vows that people take when they get married, one of the things that they say is, till death do us part. If a relationship ends before they die, do you consider that a failure? It really depends. It depends on why you left. Um, if okay. one, one party leaves due to any kind of abuse, physical, emotional, or otherwise. Obviously, one person was more at fault than the other. Um, okay. Sometimes things just don't work out. I mean, I know you take the vows and you say, till death do us part. And then, of course, there's the inside joke of, well, once you die, you're off the hook. But, um, and some religions probably don't think that's the case. I don't really know. But um, it really depends. I mean, sometimes people get married for the wrong reasons. You know, and they realize, okay, I love you, but maybe I'm not in love with you. Um, right. Depends on how hard you need to fight for that as well. Um, it could be a failure, or sometimes maybe you just outgrow each other. You know, we, we, you yeah. and I have talked about the fact that human beings as, you know, biological creatures, we ask the question out loud, are we made to be fully monogamous? Sure. Um, it's... Uh, I think really is case by case. I think too many people automatically, even even when they're in a situation where they have tried or they were mistreated or they they had plenty of reasons to get out of the situation, still automatically consider it a failure if they're divorced. Um but I think there are times when, whether it's dating or marriage or wh- or whatever kind of relationship, um, and I mean, I've, I've heard people say this just when they were dating somebody, that they think it's a failure if they break up with the person. And I, I mean, I truly believe that there are plenty of relationships that we can have that are only meant for a specific time, you know. And there there are plenty of relationships that I've had with people that even when the romantic attachment was over, I'm still friends with the person, but it just wasn't meant to be anything more serious, you know. 
it there was a time where it was and then it's like you know this this just isn't you you just you get to the point where you know the person well enough and it's like you know it just no it's just not going anywhere <laughs> you know that kind of thing um does that does that make sense am, am i making sense about that no it makes sense i mean and again it really depends on you know what what transpired during that relationship yeah well and sometimes it is just that you you just grow in different ways you know yeah. well and, and you know we we are, should be always growing learning more about ourselves there are times when when we are learning more about ourselves you know um I mean I'm boy do I know that in the last however many years um but you know there's there are times where we we are learning substantially more about ourselves we may be going through a lot more um if if we're going through I know if we're going through health issues we definitely may be learning more about ourselves um You know, if if people are younger, you're you're definitely growing, changing what you want, what you need. Um, if you're getting older, um, what you're wanting and needing out of life can be changing. You know, and what you think or know that you want and need can be changing. There's a lot of a lot of things that can can make what we what we want and who we want and need can be changing so I just think there can be so many so many reasons that things change but like you said too though it's you know how much effort are you putting into it you know you don't just wake up one morning and go okay I'm out of here you know <laughs> that uh, that's not what I'm talking about I'm talking about when you really have put the effort into it and then just decide it's over all right no, now, go ahead no it does, I was gonna say that does happen obviously you know and it just runs the gamut yeah it, yeah it definitely does definitely does now the culture that we have and things that are thrown at us by the media um, things that we see on social media um, all this sort of thing do you think that the way things are being presented to us make it harder to have successful relationships um, as far as causing distractions or as far as outside influences, um, well both distractions um things that we're being told like as far as all the you know toxic masculinity um the messages being sent out to women about how they should behave and how horrible men are which i don't agree with um that sort of thing yeah if you remember that gillette 
uh, ill-advised campaign where they spearheaded toxic, so, so-called toxic masculinity. They took a financial bath on that. I think they, uh, <laughs> if they could have that one back, I think they would rethink that one. That was a great, yeah, they, great campaign. They the razors. <laughs> I don't know who suggested that one, but they need to be fired and not be in promotions anymore. <laughs> that was horrible. Yeah, I mean, well, here's the thing. I mean, these things are out there. If you're buying into these things, you know, Twitter and Facebook and all these other uh, TikTok and YouTube and all these media platforms, if you're buying into these things and you're letting them influence you, then, um, you know, if you're that impressionable and you're turning that on your spouse or on your, on your mate, I mean, I don't know. I think uh, if you're that easily hypnotized, you know, maybe you shouldn't be in a relationship at all. I don't know. I mean, it seems to me that uh, nobody should be that impressionable, at least without some critical well, a lot thinking. Of people, well, a lot of people, though, that's where they get their news, online, oh, on social media, and the late-night shows. I mean, can you imagine if that's where you got your news? Well, we seem like we can't get unbiased news anyway these days. I mean, you turn on one right. channel and it's leaning this far right. This, these other channels are leaning this far left. And they all seem to have agendas. So it's really hard to get right. balanced news. But late night? <laughs> wow. Right. Yeah, okay. exactly. I mean, that's, it's a comedy show and it's, it's being presented as a comedy. And that is, that is yeah. more questionable. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> I just I don't know. Wow. Mm. I don't know. Um I I just I mm. wow. All right. How do you think men and women can communicate their wants and needs to each other respectfully? Well, just complete honesty. I mean, you have to start there. If you wait can't a minute, wait honest, a minute. Honestly? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, if you can't be 100% honest and, and transparent with the person you claim to love more than anybody else in the world, then it's kind of hopeless for you. And if you don't have that, you're not going to have the respect. You're not going to have anything else that goes with it. I mean, that's the thing. It's communication. See, these are the reasons why you and I get along. (laughs) I say that to people and they look at me like I've lost my mind. Okay. I I just, I don't know. You know, I I just, I say, if, if you can't be honest with a person that you say that you love, and you're in a relationship with, who can you, you know? No, it, that's the thing, is, and that's the crux of any relationship. If, uh, you know, if you're having problems and you're not communicating this with, you know, your husband, wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, whomever, and you're suffering in silence, eventually you're going to lash out at that person and they're not going to know why you're doing it, for one example. And they'll think it's them. 
when really it's you know something you could be talking about, whether it's you know problems at work or you can't sleep at night, and you know it could be anything. And if you're not um, if you're not letting that person in on what's going on, they're not going to know. They can't help you. Some people are ashamed of certain problems they have. I mean, I get that. But um, again, this is the person that you committed your life to. If they can't help, who can? Well, and if if the issue is with them and you never talk about it with them, it can't improve. Right. But if you don't talk to them in a positive, respectful way, that's not going to help anything either. You know, so you need to talk right. to them and you need to talk in a decent way. You don't don't wait until you're ready to explode because that's not going to help either. Right. Then you're just blowing up on the person and then, uh, then it comes out with all that frustration and it's going to sound a lot more aggressive and a lot more accusatory than it might have. Well, definitely. Then if you would have just, you know, nipped it in the bud and talked about it from, uh, you know, from the molehill instead of making it a mountain. And uh, yes. you're right. It's like anything else. If you let it fester, if you let it sit, boil over, sure, it's going to seem like it's a major thing when really it might have been something that was an easy fix. Yeah. This is true. So, yep, that's why um, why the old-timers always said, don't go to sleep angry. I agree. (laughs) You never know. Just imagine, I mean, God forbid, you know, that person slips away at night and you're like, well, I should have told them. Can't do it now. Yep. And the one thing my dad taught me is, uh, you know, you never, ever um, take exception with your significant other in the presence of others. You know? Yes. If you're going to talk about it, you never berate somebody in front of company. You shouldn't berate them anyway. Right. But, you know, even even an admonishment, any type of anything, it can wait. Yeah. Yeah. If you have a problem with them, discuss it privately. Right. Definitely. Well, and that's that's showing respect for them. You know, take care of it in private. All right. All right, vulnerability with your partner. What What are your thoughts about showing vulnerability to your partner? Well, again, that goes with honesty. That goes that's that's part and parcel with um, you know, if you have a problem, you know, you're not communicating that your your partner can't help. I know, you know, for the men, they've always been taught, you know, don't be vulnerable. Um, don't share certain things with your wife, your girlfriend. Go to the barber shop and talk about it with the boys. But are the boys <laughs> going to be there for you, you know, when the chips are down? Um, right. I mean, I don't think a woman wants a man who's crying at the drop of a hat over, you know, something that, uh, you know, it, it's, again, I think it really is just dishonesty. If there's a problem, um, if you're talking about being vulnerable, it's just as far as, 
you know, being able to show your emotions, being able to just, you know, really just bear your soul. And I'm sure a lot of, I'm sure a lot of families and a lot of couples don't do that. And I'm sure a lot of it um, has an adverse effect, you know. Um, and it's not easy to show your vulnerabilities, sometimes not even to yourself. Just, you know, putting those thoughts in your head and illustrating them so you can acknowledge them has got to be tough. You know, let alone, you know, admitting to somebody else, hey, this is uh, an insecurity I have. This is uh, something that's been on my mind. You know, I'm, I'm afraid of this or what have you. It's, um, I'm sure it's not easy, but I think if you can lick those fears and you can share that with somebody, you know, I only think it's going to help bolster your relationship. How could it not? Yeah. Well, like I said, I mean, it's, I, I know for years I've had a hard time admitting quite a few things to myself. Um, and especially after after getting so sick, I really had a hard time admitting some things. Um, and But then I found that, that sometimes saying them out loud to somebody else that I knew I could trust really helped. You know, I'm like, it, it, it was like, it was like getting it off of my shoulders to know that I had actually said it out loud, you know. Um, right. Especially when, when I knew the other person was still there for me, you know. It's like, oh, thank goodness, you know. Um, but I, I felt confident they would be still there for me. So I... I it, it was a calculated risk to say it out loud, but then the total feeling of relief afterward and saying it and then having that confirmation was, it, it just, it helped more than I can even say, you know. Um, well, and, and I know I know when I was working with Dr. Ava and, and studying for my, my certification, it's, you know, we always, you know, it's, it's, you're letting that person in, into you, you know, in such a deep way when you're letting them, them um, know about your vulnerabilities. And it's, um, you know that you've got their trust. And the same thing is, is when you're, when you're sharing your vulnerabilities with them, um, they should know that that you're trusting them with something so so personal. So you don't want to do that with just everybody, you know. But um, you know, I, I just I think it's very special when you know that you can share share that kind of thing with someone. Yeah, it is rare. So, I mean, it may be once in a lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. Very few people I share that kind of thing with. <laughs> so, but, um, so what, what do you think a woman wants in a relationship? What do I think a woman wants in a relationship? Okay. Yep. Being on the other side, um, having, uh-huh. the mistake, having learned the hard way in some respect. Ah, there you go. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a stab at this. This is the Ray Powers uh, stab. Well, you did say you're on the hot seat. 
Okay, good. Okay. What <laughs> See, does a woman it. want from a relationship? What does a woman want from me? I'm going to go with honesty. They always say they want honesty. Now, I don't think every woman wants complete honesty. Some want yeah, I what they believe is going to be something that makes them feel good and call the truth. Some absolutely want honesty regardless. Like, I don't care. It's going to sting. Um, give it to me straight. I could deal with it better that way. And then we could deal with it going forward. Maybe I'll be a little pissed at first, but I'll be a lot more pissed if you lied to me, hid it from me, you know, that kind of thing. So I think honesty is number one. And that's part of the communication. That's the cornerstone of communication. Um, okay. Women love to talk about things. Women love discussing things. Women tend to overthink. I think mm-hmm. if you can be available for them in that way, um, I think you're going to be, you know, that, that's, gonna, that's only going to help. Um, sure, you know, every woman says they want a six-foot, broad-shouldered guy, and a lot of them do, um, somebody who can carry them out of a building. Uh, protect them from a bump in the night, and I think these are base needs. I think they're biological, absolutely. Um, I also think that a little effort also goes a long way. You know, the little mm-hmm. things. Send them a text during the day. You know, hey, beautiful, I'm thinking about you. Can't wait to see you. Love you. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. an impromptu lunch. Hey, I'm picking you up. I'm taking you to lunch. I thought of something cool. You know, let's just go have a picnic in the park or something. PBJs and, you know, mm-hmm. cups of coffee or something. It doesn't have to be fancy. These are things that I've been told. And, you know, it's, it's that effort, that little bit of a surprise that um, I went the extra mile. I know what you like in your, uh, in your coffee. I, you know, I tasted it for you. I, made, I brought it to you. It could be that simple. Um, mm-hmm. running, a, running a bath for your partner when they get home, knowing they had a really rough day or something. Um, these types of things, I think, uh, you know, and as time goes on, that continuum, not taking that person for granted, where they feel like, oh, you lost interest in me, and, uh, you know, maybe you love me, but, I don't know, man, like an old, old pair of shoes, you just kind of take me for granted, and it's just, yeah, okay, this is routine. Pick up that routine, you know, keep it interesting, keep it fun, and, uh, you know, I think those are just the basics. I mean, obviously... We could talk for days about things that, uh, you know, we always, we always joke about, you know, you want to make a woman happy. It's this whole list of things, you know, like we talked about. And with a man, you know, bring a pizza and beer and uh, stay the night. <laughs> but uh, we are pretty simple in that way. No, we, listen, we want the same thing. We really do. Um, we joke about things, but. You know, we are different animals, of course. Um, men, oh, yeah. men are a little more simplistic as far as if I say I'm hungry, I eat. If I say I'm cold, I put a sweater yep. on. I'm tired, I go to sleep. You know, and some women are that <laughs> way too, but obviously I think you're a lot more intricate, a lot more sophisticated, a lot more complex, I dare to say. Yeah, to a point. But some, some point. are definitely more high maintenance than others. Well, that's so, some of us, when we, when we tell you something, we mean what we tell you. <laughs> I agree. Yes, yes. 
Oh, that's funny. So, so did I miss anything important? I don't know. I think we covered a lot. I think we did. I think we did. I mean, I've I've got another twenty questions I could ask, but I, I think we covered some good stuff. I think we did. Well, I always have a blast on your show, and it always does fly. I know, I know. Well, I, you know, us talking for an hour is a piece of cake, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just getting warmed up at that point. I know, I know. I think the first time we ever talked, we talked for like three or four hours. So, you know, we, we kind of set a record, you know, set the That's standard true. at that time. <laughs> Can't make but see, that air, was just yeah. really setting the stage for a, a long-time friendship, so. Exactly. But, well, thank you for being my guest. And like I said, well, you know, we, we, have, to, we have to do this again sometime. No, Nikki, I appreciate this. I've missed you, and uh, over the years, you know, you've become a treasured friend, obviously. And I love the work you do. I mean, I've, I've said it time and again on my show, um, off the air, you know, you address a lot of things, um, lighthearted shows. There are some shows that are more intense, but you do, you tackle all these issues. You're very non-judgmental. You're very um, easy to talk to. And in your line of work, that's very important. So, you know, you're exemplary. And uh, I can see why you're so well-respected. And I respect you. And, again, I always have a blast. Can't wait to come back. And uh, I think all the lives you touch, you know, we're the better for it. Well, like you said, I want to want to share plenty of information and because well, and a lot of people don't even know that there is such a thing as a relationship coach, you know. So, I just want to share things and and I look at a lot of the the people out there sharing stuff and and what they're telling people scares me. So I just I want to give people another option and you know archiving the stuff so people can see it. And I love that New Visions helps me to get the information out there. So thank you too. So thank you very much, and you know what? We will come up with something else to talk about. You know we will. <laughs> we can always find something to talk about. Exactly. Well, it's been a blast. Thank you so much again. Well, thank you too. And listeners, thank you for being with us, and I'll be with you again next time on Ready for Love Radio.